Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. I have a special guest, a mentor, um, someone who is leading a high-performance summit right now, and she'll be happy to share with you that you can still get free access to some of the world's peak performers who are giving their time now that they are in quarantine and not able to travel the world and give keynote addresses. She has been an author of Beyond Grit, 10 Powerful Practices to Gain the High Performance Edge. I've been featured in Forbes, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and USA Today. Um, her name is Dr. Sindra Kampoff, and she's an award-winning keynote speaker and mental performing coach for leaders, professional athletes, executives, and championship teams. Her clients range from Verizon Wireless, Target, and Walmart to the Minnesota Vikings. She's provided mental training for the Minnesota Vikings for four years, working one-on-one -on -one with some of their players. On a personal note, she's a mother of two boys uh, who love playing sports, and she lives in Mankato, Minnesota. Thank you again for all of you who uh, have been tuning in and following the Richard Listen Show um, so ardently. Uh, again, check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens and uh, patreon.com slash Richard Listens. Please, um, every dollar you give counts, and you can subscribe there to get advanced content. I know you don't give just from the goodness of your own heart, but in order to receive as well, and we want to bring to you uh, free advanced content. Today's show will feature uh, top 10 practices of the world's best, as well as grit priming exercises. All right, without further ado, we are joined here live from Mankato, Minnesota. Is that correct? Yes, close. <laughs> Dr. Sindra Campbell. Wow, see who needs travel? <laughs> I know we can just do this via Zoom. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> Is it 20 degrees there? I heard people in New York were like freezing last week or DC. DC, they got their Mother's Day presents and it was like the flowers were frozen already. <laughs> well, it's about 60 today. My boys are wearing shorts. So oh, wow. we're happy. The sun is shining. We're for run this morning. So no complaints here right now. <laughs> and I hear they're like we're doing some NHL live thing right now. I don't know. I know a lot of hockey fans in Minnesota. Yes. I get a lot of sports are are at least pretending they're gonna they're gonna start yeah, we're going to have to see, right? <laughs> Today is a great day because the governor just lifted some of our restrictions. So we are now safer at home instead of like, you know, you know, safe at home. So we can, we can get together with 10 people or less. And so people are just happy here. Yeah. So what's that like for you? I know you've been, you know, doing a high performance summit, doing your practice uh, and, and keeping your boys at home. What's it like to finally get a little bit of like that hope that there's movement outdoors? Yeah. You know, I think that's exactly right, Richard. It's just hopeful. And 
Um, my boys, they are, are 10 and 13. So they're doing really good with like the online school, but it's hard for them. They were, you know, eight weeks or so where they weren't with their friends and we really follow the restrictions really closely. And so it's just really fun for them to now get to see some of their friends again. You know, think about when you were 13 and not seeing your friends for two months, you know, like that's just tough. <laughs> you know, I've been having like flashbacks and I, I, a lot of articles came out last week. I think one in the Huffington Post about kids and Zoom and how they may be really impacted. And I'm trying to be really sensitive to that. Uh, I know we couldn't, they canceled Little League last week. So I broke out baseball cards from 30 years ago and was just going through them with my, with my son and he was getting so into it. But it was like, you know, really how crushing that would to, to cancel Little League. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's tough. I think for the people who don't have graduations face-to-face, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to just use this situation right now is always looking for the opportunity. And um, I pretty quickly shifted that. So I was supposed to do a TED talk on April 17th, Richard. And it was like, you know, TED talk for you and me is like, oh my gosh, something you've been working for for so long, hired a coach, was, you know, just ready to crush this TED ready talk. Ready to bring your A game. Yeah. I was ready. And um, really crafting my message. And obviously that didn't happen um, and so I just, you know, after really about 24 hours of all this stuff happening, I was like, hey, what's the opportunity here? What's the opportunity here? And started the summit uh, called the High Performance Mindset Summit, which was phenomenal. And I launched it on April 17th, the day I was supposed to do a TED Talk. And uh, I got to the end of the day, and then I realized, Richard, that I probably really did the summit for myself. I, I could I hear really, it in your voice. You were like, I'm so excited. Yeah, I was, it was, well, it was, it was phenomenal interviewing all these people for like 10 days, right? So I just felt on fire for those 10 days because I was getting all of these amazing strategies and content. And then the day that it launched, I was, you know, so hyped in the morning. And, but by the end of the day, I was pretty emotional because I was like, ah, oh, I was kind of grieving that TED talk. Um, and then I just had to go back and think, okay, what did so-and-so say? What's so-and-so and say? And just like use their own advice for myself. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's a key point right there, right? Like even if you try and replace something, even if you make the most out of, you know, what I've been calling, you know, quarantunity, right? There's still, oh, there's still, right? It would make, put it in the dictionary. You know, there, there's something, there's, a, there's still a grief going on. You're still missing your season and when you tie it back into you know you know you're affected as a a parent i heard i was on some zoom call a zoom wine and cheese party my first ever and there's like an anxiety about attending social events on zoom too because you're like the same way if you were to show up somewhere for the first time <laughs> on top of that if your technology is not working right <laughs> right exactly yeah but one of the parents said something um like a reference to her daughter and my daughter like oh don't worry she'll be over at your house every day after school next year and it nearly put me in tears Aww. because it's like you feel that that pain of for for a younger generation not having connection Yes. Uh, and let alone even to play a sport. Like, what's the point of playing a sport always by yourself? Right. You know, if you don't have someone to train with or an opponent to go against, um, I, I don't know how you can, you know, really remain focused on your craft. And, yeah. And well, and I think you're right. Like, people are just craving the social connection right now, you know, and so I feel like I'm more connected to my parents than I have been for a long time. I mean, I've been, you know, two months with my husband and my kids, you know, and so we've had a lot of fun opportunities where we've been playing, you know, card games at night or just doing new things that we wouldn't have necessarily. What's your favorite? What's your favorite game? Oh, well, let's see. I love Euchre and I love this game called um, Canadian Salad. Have you ever heard of this game? <laughs> no. So it's like six rounds and for every round is a new strategy. So like... The first round is like every trick is 10 points. The second round is every heart is 10 points. And then the king of spades is 100 points, you know? So so it's really fun because it's just keeping you fresh. And See, so, these are the kind of games my kids are introducing, and I feel like they're making up the rules on me. That's why to keep me Making <laughs> salad, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> told me it, and it's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. And, and what's your favorite thing you guys have rediscovered as a family? 
Uh, we've just, let's see, what have we rediscovered as a family? I think that's exactly what we've rediscovered. It's just like family time, game night, just like being with each other. You know, I'm always on the go usually, so I don't have dinners with them every single night. So we've had a dinner every single night. Um, my husband bought me a Miss Pac-Man machine for uh, Christmas, Richard. <laughs> I wanted for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. It's in our kitchen still. So he wants to bring it downstairs and I'm like, no. Um, so my, my task, you know, before this is all over is to beat him in Miss Pac-Man. And I don't think I will because he's very good. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I'm putting it out there right now. When you host the first Sindra Kampoff home-based retreat yes. for sports psychology, the challenge is on for Miss Pac-Man. I have no idea. I love that game too. You do? Oh my gosh. I found crazy. myself in Riverside, California after a soccer tournament. And the only way I could cope with the loss was playing like Miss Pac-Man. The kids were like tapping me like, sir, can you leave? <laughs> well, if anybody wants a machine, we researched them and I got a great deal. So okay. Minnesota. <laughs> it works for you and the main character in Ozark. Apparently that was, that was his way of coping too. If you haven't seen Ozark. Oh, we were just watching it. We just started watching it yesterday. You mean okay. um, Jason Bateman? That's right. He will. Oh he, my gosh. I don't want to ruin it for you, but there will be a Miss Pac-Man in there. So. Oh, okay. I forgot to that part yet. Oh, I'm gonna go crazy when that happens. <laughs> you got to get through two seasons, I think. <laughs> you know. Um, so bringing it back to you, you know, and, and, and the great thing, by the way, for all our listeners, if you watch, you know, and, and it's still available for free right now, by the way, uh, the, the, um, the high performance, is, is, the, the podcast is High Performance Mindset. The summit is called? The High Performance Mindset Summit. So just like the podcast, but add summit. Yeah. The and beauty is, and the beauty is you get to see one of your guests like has a child sleeping in the next room and he probably speaks in front of 3 million people. And the other one is like sitting in the basement of her boat. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So uh, Amy Morin, who wrote 13 Things Mentally Strong People Do, it's one of, been one of my favorite books for many years, and it was really cool. I reached out to her. She lives on a sailboat in Florida, mm -hmm. so that was phenomenal. John Gordon wrote, oh, man, you know, 10 different best-selling books, Wall Street he, Journal best-selling books. He's got like a book every year. How does he do it? I did ask him that question, <laughs> and he writes every December. So that's all his focus is in December as he writes. So a really good plan, right? And then just some amazing top mental performance consultants for like Canadian Olympians, um, the Canadian Olympics, US Olympic team. Um, I, I added them and I think like the people who had on the summit helped, you know, 76 uh, Olympic um, medal winners, you know, perform wow. team. So it's like, holy cow, when you get done 21 interviews, all these people, you're like, wow, this is game changing. It was so practical advice. That's what I really liked about it. Something that I could implement on that day, you know, the TED talk that I didn't have or that I'm still implementing. I'm still thinking about the strategy. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. And over how many days did you do the interviews? I did them over 10 days. So they were, most of them were packed into like six days. So just trying to really get it in and get our launch date by then. So it was fun. Um, you know, by the end of those days, I was like, I already have a lot of energy, but I was like really fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good point, you know, because every time I come out of a podcast and I'm sitting or, you know, or, or your mastermind or, you know, you get all this excitement and inspiration. So how do you bottle it up? Right. Because, and not just like, let it become another task that we're doing. How do you, how do you draw in all that motivation and inspiration you get from those elite professionals? Yeah. I feel like I need something every single day to reset my mind, you know, or if it's, you know, something I'm reading or a podcast I'm listening to or a podcast I'm on or, you know, I'm doing the podcast, but I think. And thank you for being here, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, we, we need things. Well, you need to ingest something that's positive. So I put together um, a grit priming exercise that's actually in my new books. I'm writing my, um, I have a book and a workbook. So I guess it'd be my third book. And maybe I can talk a little bit about it, Richard, because um, I think that it's, it's a great exercise to get your mind right in the morning. And I, I know that I need it. And this is something I study, right? 
mindset and I have to prime myself every morning and the clients that I work with who use this just say that they feel more positive and more on purpose and they're able to kind of handle what's going on in the world a little bit easier. So should we kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd like to. I did have one question for you because it just occurred to me, you know, there was a lot of research done about grit and then, you know, and then, and then you came out with, right. And it's like, but what's beyond it. Right. So was there a moment, like what, what sparked you to write your book? First of all, I mean, cause all, I, all these exercises have come from, from the book. Is that correct? Yeah. What, what sparked that uh, understanding within you or within the, where you were at with sports psychology? So it's been something I wanted to do for a while. I think I didn't have the courage to actually write a book, you know, and sometimes you might overthink it and well, well how is my book any different than anybody else's in sports psychology, right? So I, I, I did have that belief for a long time. Um, in 2013, I ran the Boston Marathon and it was my fourth Boston Marathon at that point, um, completely crushed the course. So I was just uh, really, really fit in terms of marathoning at that point. Um, I think I got 89th for women that day. So pretty awesome given that like people all over the world. And, you know, the Boston Marathon is really interesting because it's like the course is really phenomenal. It's like 13 miles downhill. And then you have to run uphill to what's called Heartbreak Hill. And there's like literally, you know, <laughs> like a series of five hills. And, and it's called Heartbreak because it breaks your heart. Because you run 13 miles downhill and your quads are trashed. And then you got to go uphill for, you know, seven miles. So how do you prepare for that? Yeah. It takes, well, you run a lot of hills and you <laughs> run downhill as well when you train. Because if you don't run downhill and learn to run downhill, like your, your body really halfway through can feel like it can't keep going. So this particular year just crushed the hills, was really well-trained and used my mindset the best that I could. And, um, you know, get through the finish line. You think that you won, but you didn't, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of standing by Ember Mankato where I live and waiting for my friends. And um, I heard some loud noises, was really unsure what was happening, but then I see people running, you know, and I start running to my hotel room, which was right next to Boylston Street. And um, needless to say, I was right in the middle of the Boston Marathon bombing and our hotel was right, right on the finish line. So we could literally open up our hotel and we could see the finish line. We could see the National Guard come in. There were rumors that there was probably a bomb in our hotel. We were right oh. there. So, um, I mean, I just got goosebumps as I'm saying this. You know, so it's like, what do you do in the moment when you're not sure if you're going to be alive in 24 hours? You know, at first there's so much fear. Um, and, uh, you know, well, am I going to see my boys again? At least I mean, my husband was with me, but that was really scary. And, um, and once, once we found out, okay, we were safe, just stay in your hotel, you know, your hotel room, you know, that, then it sort of just becomes, for me, it was like this, um, this moment of uh, clarity on my purpose, of my calling. And at that point, it was actually just really questioning what I was doing with my life. You know, like, why am I still here? And what difference do I make? And why do I do what I do? And I, I literally just those questions is like over and over and over and over and over again in my mind as I sat in that hotel room. And um, I, I, could, I could honestly tell you when I came back, um, I was really shook up for a good solid couple months. So I couldn't be around loud noises. And Yeah, I mean, that's that's like, I mean, to go from that range of high... Yeah. to to fear exactly um, but but isn't that what they call that moment there like the flashbulb like you're in a way like so much intensity comes in around that moment yeah. um yeah but afterwards it's like what just uh, happened if i can't run a race and feel safe exactly yeah and you're right like you go from such a high you work for seven eight months to train for this race and it was really interesting at that moment after that race, and my race did not matter. It, it did not matter. And I ran a personal best, right? Just 
crushed it from a performance standpoint, but what mattered most was my family and what mattered second was my passion and my purpose. And um, I went on a big journey after that, a good probably solid year, year and a half, maybe two years really thinking uh, and getting clarity around my purpose. And I read an amazing book called The Power of Purpose. It's the first book I wrote uh, or read, I mean, by Richard Leiter. I just had him on my podcast like two weeks ago and it was kind of- Oh, I have to listen. Oh my gosh. It was like, it was probably the best interview I've ever done on my podcast because um, it was so meaningful to me to talk to him and share my experience with him. And, and he is literally the expert on purpose. So, you know, when he literally has studied for you know 30 years, why do you get up in the morning? And so I, have, you know, wrote my purpose down. Um, my, I've kept on working on my purpose throughout, but I think when you ask like, why did I write the book? It all stems from 2013 when I decided, you know what, I'm not going to play small anymore. Like I'm going to step into what I know that I was meant to do and why I'm here on this earth. And yes, it's scary. (laughs) You know, yes, when my book came out, there was points where I was like, is anyone going to read it? Now I know people read it, you know, (laughs) people still read it. It was an Amazon bestseller. So, um, you know, yeah, so, but it's like, I think since then, um, and I had someone in sports psychology on my podcast and afterwards he, you know, he, um, he, we were done with the interview and he just said, you know, syndrome way to go. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're like taking big giant steps and we're just taking little tiny steps. And I, I, that was really kind that he said that. And I, I guess, you know, just like living it, you don't realize you're taking the big steps, but that's intentionally what I'm trying to do is like, okay. I realized in 13 that we only have one life and are we going to waste it? Are we going to waste it thinking, well, I wish I would have written that book. I wish I would have spoken more on those big keynote stages. I wish I would have worked with a pro team, you know, faced some rejection along the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> perfect. But, um, but I do feel like I'm finally stepping into what I was called to do and that's to um, inspire other people. It's to be a good um, role model to sports psychology and mental training and to uh, help it become more popular and viral, right? You know, positively impact through speaking or coaching or writing, which I, I, that, I know that's why I'm here. It's all yeah. happening. Yeah. But it took, didn't it, you know, when you think about getting clarity on your own purpose, I heard, um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, actually, as I was, I was running and um, this interview, this person on the podcast was talking about like, it's a lifelong journey. And I, I see that, you know, I, I have clear clarity on my purpose, but I still know that I got to keep on tapping into it not just know what my purpose is, but own it, right? Like live it. And when I, when I get clear on it, then I know what to say yes to and what I can say no to just like everybody who's listening. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Yeah, and there's such a filtering out process uh, in, in my own journey of figuring out, oh, what is what am I doing because I think it's what people need or what the field needs or what I'm supposed to be or this part of me, you know, uh, and, and filtering through all the hats. And even for my own work with athletes, right, getting beyond, right, part of you is an athlete, but who is the human being behind yeah. the athlete? Um, 
and, and I want to get to, you have, you have a lot of uh, exercises you've shared with us today, but real quick, how did that experience um, in finding your why and going through such adversity, how did that prepare you for what's happened kind of now with COVID-19? It, 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 did it, did it kind of break the barrier for ease, for stepping into this is the moment to step forward and, sh and, and share more? Yeah, that's a great question, Richard. I think just knowing that we've gone through difficult things does help us get through this time, you know, and really that's what grit is. I use Angela Duckworth's definition, but passion, perseverance for your very long-term goals and sticking with them, even when it gets tough. We did a study last year where we interviewed former pro athletes and current pro athletes about how they developed their grit. So we're working on submitting that manuscript right now. And um, one thing that we found was all of them had overcome significant adversity to get to where they are. So as a pro athlete, it's like this adversity actually made them stronger. This adversity set them up to be a pro athlete. And I think sometimes when we're going through it, it's really tough. Like the Boston Marathon experience was the most difficult time in my life. But I also frame it as like, I love this uh, Byron Katie quote. And she said, you know, can you see life is happening for you, not to you? And, um, and I've been changing that around to like to say difficulties happen, you know, for me, not to me. And that's what I kept on trying to ask myself, particularly at the beginning of COVID-19, is like, how is this happening for me? How is this a gift? How is this an opportunity? What can I learn? How can I grow? Okay, well, I always wanted to do a summit. So I guess that's the way we're going to pivot, right? Like, I always wanted to do a little bit more online. All right. So now I got virtual presentations and Zoom meetings like this and coaching <laughs> like this, right? So, you know, I think we can really feel sorry for ourselves. And Amy Morin in the summit, the woman who wrote 13 Things Mentally Strong People Do, like one of her, or don't do, one of her don't do's is feel self-pity, right? And how we can easily do that right now, but but also realize that we're not alone and everyone's experiencing this, this you know, um, together. So that helps us realize that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to feel self-pity for ourselves, uh, but it's more difficult to continually look for the opportunity. Yes, and when, they, and when they looked at, you know, studies on which cultures have established PTSD and which ones have kind of come through events and atrocities over history, you know, kind of adapting in, in a more improved manner, it was those that went through it together. They understood um, what was going on in their veterans. They understood, you know, what kind of violence had been absorbed. So that, that whole ritual around grief and healing, uh, I hope will be reinforced for athletes and for, for everyone, you know, that, that when someone's going through a hard time, we'll understand, uh, and, and hopefully for the kids that have lost their seasons or lost their graduations, that we'll all be a little bit empathetic yeah. because we went through it too in some capacity. We have a frame of reference. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think we just, for me, it's like what I just said about like the adversity set them up for a career as a pro athlete. Right. And I was reading this other study that the day that adults are asked, what was the most important day in your life? It was a day they had to overcome significant adversity, you know? So I also think like framing that as like, this is helping us grow and learn and helping us become who we're supposed to become. And that's what I think about even goals you know, sometimes goals can feel really rigid, but it, to me, it's, it's less about, you know, what do we accomplish, but who do we become in the process? Mm. And I think that's what really goals are there for. That's beautiful. Yeah. I just got like flashes of like three, three big memories in my life. You know, I, I always laugh. People say, I went to college. What are you going to study? What's your major? And the day I graduated, I, went, I don't have no idea why in New Yorker wound up at University of Florida, but should that be you and you wind up in school and you have no idea what you've studied or what you're going to do with it? I graduated, I sent my parents away and I stayed for a month. <laughs> and I stayed and I, and I, I wanted, I said, I knew I wanted to work around, you know, the hospital somewhat. So one of my friends had a file clerk kind of position. So I stayed for a month. I paid a hundred dollars for a room in my friend's house and somebody stayed, came in uh, a day later and with a book and I borrowed it. And that book is what I wrote my dissertation on. Oh, so, wow. so, you know, you talk about like the places you're not supposed to be or the, the experiences that weren't supposed to happen. Uh, if we see them as, as real moments where yeah, you're choosing your next step. 
the transitions are really important for that. And, and, and that, this is one of them. And I'm thinking, how, how did that happen for you, not to you? Right? <laughs> like to you is like, I'm taking it personally, but for you is like, it's a gift. And that transition was a gift, right? You wouldn't have found that dissertation topic if it wasn't for that. So I oh. can even go back in my life to think about what led to that. And it's like, well, what led to that was something that was difficult. So I think that helps us in that moment to not take it so personally and realize it's an opportunity to grow and learn and, and get better. What did you call it? Uh, Quarantunity. Quarantunity. <laughs> <laughs> Coin it. Trademark it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So tell us, so you've come up with uh, two really practical things that for athletes or anyone really can hang on their fridge or, or remind themselves in the morning and, and having mindful practices really help. So we have grit priming exercises, uh, which sound like really helping people learn about mindfulness for our listeners that have not practiced it uh, and, and figuring out how to have gratitude for, it sounds like for all your opportunities and everything that's in your life right now. Yeah. So one of the exercises that you can actually go down and you can download this, um, there's a PDF that outlines this process, but if you go to beyondgrit.com slash morning. And so we know that the morning is a great time to prime. And so by prime, I mean um, really setting yourself up for some powerful, empowering emotions for th throughout the day. And there's four steps of this exercise. And I've been doing it since I'd say January 1 in this particular order every day. And I feel different, Richard. I feel um, more uh, dialed in on what I want and dialed in on why I'm doing it. And just, um, you know, I think about how what I think about myself, I, I become, right? So if I want to become more courageous, uh, if I'm telling myself that every day, that's who I become more of, right? So uh, that's also why I found this exercise really powerful, but there's four parts. And I feel like people don't always have a lot of time in the morning, right? And so I'm making it really simple, at least one minute in each of these parts, but you could do it for a lot longer. I do mine on my morning run. And so when I do it for my morning run, then I might take five minutes for each part. And that's pretty awesome because I get done with the run and I already have the endorphins, right? And then I then I just prime my focus and I just, I just feel even more on fire. But G stands for gratitude. And that means for like one minute, think of all the things you're grateful for. The big, the small things, the difficult things, right? To just even prime your focus that like a difficult things can be something you can be grateful for. R stands for remember your why and your purpose. And um, for me, that's me, you know, I repeat my purpose statement in the morning. Um, but just thinking and getting in tune with your why again. And then I stands for intention. And I use the I will statement for this. So it's just like three things that you intend to do or intend to be more than intend to do. So it's like we already, many of us know what our to-do list is during the day, right? So it's more about like, how do you want to show up? Mm -hmm. How do you want to show up working out? How do you want to show up for your kids? How do you want to show up for your clients, right? So, you know, I will be bold today. I will speak my mind today. And then um, uh, the T stands for talk to yourself. And I've given us several different prompts on that, that handout that you can get at beyondgrit.com slash morning. But it's like, you know, every day in every way I am, or I am. And so I have, I have um, 30 statements I say to myself every morning. And these are things that I want to be believe more about myself, right? Things that maybe I'm already 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 but i want to just like cement those more into my identity and that's why that i am statement is really powerful um and it it's fun to see the impact we're gonna do uh, my friend who was on the summit um uh she and i are gonna do like a a challenge on june 5th where we're gonna record our our like talk to ourselves like our 30 statements we're going to record them. We're going to put them on social and then <laughs> encourage everyone else to do the same. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> That's an awesome challenge. <laughs> yeah. I've been telling people I can tell now I'm laughing because in zoom. So I've been telling people to put affirmations on their screen. So I can tell when they're like, they're staring only at one corner of their screen that they haven't gotten to the second, third or fourth affirmation yet. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you look at it every day in a way, we need to spend some amount of time reminding ourselves 
of who we are. Uh, we spend a lot of time in, in, in thoughts or negative thoughts and, and, and we start to believe those self-doubts or fears. We're not really sure where it's coming from and it's not, you know, really attached to who we truly are or want to want to be and what Absolutely. we're trying to what we're trying to release yeah and you and i can even experience that same thing right so i was just talking to somebody really prominent in our field and she was talking about um getting out there on social media and how even she has limiting beliefs about you know that she can't do it or she you know um these like these deep beliefs about how she can't be she doesn't want to be seen on her video you know and so you know, it's like we all experience this. And I think just realizing that, that we're not alone, that we all experience these limiting beliefs and this negative self-talk that can hold us back. I think it helps me just knowing that I'm not alone. Oh, absolutely. And that's been the gift, right? It's like if there was any issue around I know, telemedicine or telehealth and awkwardness with the camera, it's like, well, <laughs> when you have to do it every day. When you yeah. keep practicing, anything you practice, you can become. And so we have to practice talking kindly to ourselves, talking strongly to ourselves, uh, you know. And, and when you make that time just for investing in yourself before you engage it, the, the world, uh, the impact you can have in, in thinking big, like you're saying. Uh, you've also come up with uh, the top 10 practices of the world's best. Uh, did, did these come to you from... Um, uh, Duckworth and, and Grit, or do they come from, I see a little Ken Revisa in here. Uh, <laughs> how did you, how did you come up with these? These are great, uh, you know, tips to you know, remind yourself of uh, how successful uh, you are and what you can do to get there. Yeah. So great question. You know, these 10 practices, I really just developed by the research in our field in sports psychology. And it's like, okay, um, what do we know is connected to performance from a research standpoint, but then also what I've witnessed in top performers um, and, you know, just watching them and noticing what they do. You know, I think like, for example, eight own who you are. That's about being your authentic self. That's something more and more I've seen like top performers do. Um, athletic performers, but also like executives um, own your or get clear on your purpose is practice number two. And in the book Beyond Grid, I give an example of how to actually write your purpose statement. Because when I got back from the Boston Marathon, Richard, I was really struggling with like, I was reading all this stuff about purpose. But like, even some of the books didn't say like, how to write your purpose statement, you know, and there, I just, there's a lot of people who are researching for their purpose. I think right now, is giving us even more time to reflect. So that's one thing yeah. I've seen. Like more so this is really good too, because a lot of people are reading it. They're like, I know I should be more purposeful. I know I should be rolling with this quarantinity and changing my life. And yet I feel scared, anxious, and afraid and more like some of the negative qualities I had before because those bring me comfort. Right. Yeah. You know, so how do we find that? How do we find that? Um, you know, having a, a purpose statement, having an exercise to go through where you're, do you recommend writing of any kind, journaling? Oh, absolutely. So in my book, I give four questions that um, help you um, consider what your purpose statement is. And I do give like a guideline to write one. And when I'm delivering workshops and trainings, I'll say, well, you use this as a start, but if you feel like it's too restrictive, that's okay. You know, um, um, I think just using it as a guideline. And I wanted to provide that because I was stuck with like, okay, I read all the stuff about purpose, but now what? Like, how do I use it as a guiding practice and um, as a way to help me, again, decide what to say yes to or no to? That's terrific. So, you know, I know you're, you know, we're short on time today. Tell us a little bit about what's, what's upcoming for you, uh, how people can, can get a hold of uh, the summit or, or any of your, your courses that are coming up uh, now that you have such an online library that you're building when you're not. You can um, <laughs> head over to High Performance Mindset Summit for the summit information. Again, right now that's free, 21 interviews where it's really focused on how do you deal with uncertainty and change during this time period and really great, amazing practical strategies. Um, you can find my book at beyondgrit.com. Uh, and that's where you, if you use the, the code free ship, all one word, ship it to you for free. So that's always good, right? And yes. um, 
My podcast is called The High Performance Mindset. So um, just ranked, just finally got into the top uh, 100 in uh, the US. So that's pretty exciting. It was- Wow, was that a goal? Was yeah. That, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, want to get continue to, to you know, um, of course, as one of my goals, but really it's just about helping more people and, um, you know, giving some strategies and practical tools. That's what I'm about. Because I think about when I first got introduced to sports psychology, it was really theoretical, right? It was actually me working with a sports psychologist as a runner, the college runner, but it was so theoretical, I didn't know what to do with it. So uh, just try to provide really practical things. So it's called the High Performance Mindset Podcast. That's terrific. And congratulations on that. And, and uh, any funny stories you can share, obviously, with respect to confidentiality about working with the, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, what it's like to be, uh, you know, around the locker room and the NFL uh, and seeing them maybe start to apply little bits of sports psychology. Sure, I'll give you a funny story. <laughs> you might not know this, Richard, but well, first of all, I would say, you know, before I started working in the NFL, I thought, you know, um, they might be different than us, but they're not. They're just human like you and I are. Um, and so I think that's really important to know. Um, they can read too much on social media and that can get in their head. You know, they can, they can experience performance blocks like all of us. Um, but they all have overcome significant adversity to get to where they are, right? So, uh, but- be that many people at that high level of speed, strength, you know, everything, right? It's beyond physical, yeah. Beyond physical, the mental game is very important. Um, And uh, I think generally the players know that. So here's here's a pretty funny story. So uh, last year when the Vikings were playing the Saints, um, one of the players I worked with for a long time, and I can say this publicly because he wrote the foreword of my book, his name is Adam Thielen, number 19 wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, and um, started working with him actually in college. Uh, I work with the Minnesota State football team here. We went to the national championship last year, so go Mavs. Yeah. <laughs> we have a very good team uh, that has really like um, continued to work on their mindset every year, so it's been fun to... Well, no one wants to come play in the freezing cold, so... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we do. We, we, there was a snowstorm, actually, where you couldn't even see the yard lines last year, and... Um, and we, the third quarter, we dominated when there's so much snow. It's really fun. <laughs> you see? Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I just like jumped out of my skin because growing up, when you talk about like the quarantine and like missing playing sports, having snow on the East Coast growing up, like we would just play like, just throw the ball up and tackle each other in the snow. And once you got enough snow on yourself, like you just begged for someone to make you hot chocolate. That was the end of the game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but a very different reality than California. <laughs> That's right. Um, so anyway, um, Adam Thielen was coming back from an injury last year, and um, one of the first games he had back was against the Saints, and it was a playoff game. And he fumbled pretty, pretty early on in the game, and an ESPN reporter saw him go like this on the sidelines. Okay, so later on, you know, he gets back in the game, does an amazing job, has this like 34-yard catch over his head you know, and, and uh, to actually set the Vikings up to win. Um, and we weren't, the Vikings were not supposed to win against the Saints, right? The Saints were um, the team that was expected to win. Oh, this is the playoff, uh, this is the playoff game, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And so um, in the locker room, the CSPN reporter asked Adam, like, how did you move on so quickly from mistakes? Like, how did you move on so quickly from that fumble? And he said, a mental training consultant (laughs) that worked with our football team in college taught us how do we need to flush our mistakes. And so I'm like, so he was literally, he went to the sidelines and he was pretending to flush a toilet. (laughs) And so the year Adam was a senior, when I started working with our college team, we literally had a tiny toilet on the sidelines. It was plastic. And guys could go over there and literally flush it if they had to. And so I remember the quarterback one time, you know, literally went over and just flushed it. And actually that comes from Ken Revisa. It's not my idea. It comes from Ken Revisa, like Ken Revisa, Cal State Fullerton professor. And, um, but super cool how, you know, 
eight years later, he uses it in a game to set the team up. And, you know, and so, that's incredible. And then everyone's looking on the sideline, like, what is this, what is this crazy move he's doing? (laughs) I don't even even think that like many people saw it. It was so kind of subtle, but you know, the point is, is he did talk about how he was, he was able to move on really quickly. And so in the, in the book beyond grit, I talk about this practice of like learning and burning and then returning. Can you learn Think about what did I, what can I do differently next time? But you can't do anything about that fumble. And then you got to have some way to burn it. So what Adam was doing was flushing, flushing, right? That was his way of like burning and moving on. And then returning means, can you still, you know, carry yourself with confidence, with confident self-talk and body, you know, body language, just like that mistake never happened. And I think, you know, the best really have a long-term memory of their successes, but a short-term memory of their failures. And I think we can all continue to have that. So, so there we go. That's how I get an ESPN is um, flushing the toilet. (laughs) Wow. And this is all part of the top 10 uh, practice of the world's best live and let go. Right. I mean, we're going to let go, but I will share with you before you go of two things. One, Bob Tewksbury, a former MLB pitcher was on my show and he brought art that he uh, has completed on behalf of Ken Revisa, and you can see it on my Instagram page. And for any of the listeners that like to get a, pro- a copy of that print, it goes to Ken Revisa's uh, memorial fund at Cal State Fullerton. And the 30 second story I'll share with you I got to go to a workshop at Ken Revisa's home the summer of 2017. Wow. And, and I will just tell you that as, a, as someone aspiring in this field to go into someone's home that had 200 mini toilets sitting around the room. I didn't know whether to like be extremely curious or to (laughs) think he was completely crazy and leave. So it's so funny now hearing it like that, that all the metaphors, uh, you know, that these mini toilets are sitting on football sidelines and in baseball dugouts for letting go of negative thoughts. And what a, what a great metaphor. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that it's made. Toilets were they like, how big were they? I, the tiny, <laughs> I don't know if he had bigger ones, but they were like miniature. They looked like souvenirs. And I was like, how did he collect all these things? But he had one for like each team, you know, like stickers. There was a sticker. <laughs> I mean, it was, I didn't want to be rude and not listen to his presentation, but you know, while you're sitting there, I mean, it was amazing to hear him in his own home and to see all these little, you know, and he was trying to do, I could tell he was trying to like give the the handouts and the worksheets and give you all these things. And eventually he said, do you guys want this? And people were like, no, just talk. Like, because yeah. his, his walking through the huddle, his ability to just get you to the, you know, the mindset to the mentality to just being present to letting go of thoughts. Um, so if you haven't read Heads Up Baseball, real gift, and, and talk about being authentic, just being who you are in whatever profession you're in. You don't have to be the most polished speaker. Uh, you don't have to be the most educated all the time, but uh, you do you know, have to bring your, your real and your authenticity uh, if, you want, if you really want to make the connection. I had so many great conversations with Ken. One was at like a Chicago Cubs amateur facility and we were having this little mastermind and he gave me some amazing advice that helped me um, with the pro athletes that I work with. So just what an incredible guy who's so giving to the field. So thanks for sharing all of that. It's awesome. So we actually like the ESPN reporter contacts me, right? Um, there was some footage of this tiny toilet on the Maverick sideline that got in the ESPN article. So just, if you just Google flush ESPN, Adam Thielen, be up there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Well, I know you're, 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 you're on the clock here. I want to thank you so much for making your time available. We're going to put all your social media and everything uh, in the show links. Uh, any, any parting words before... Uh, we do our closing. Uh, Thank you for asking that. So I think this is a time where, again, I liked your idea of just this quarantunity, right? So just continuing to ask what's the opportunity here and just also to connect with your purpose and your goals during this time period. Like we don't, we we can thrive during this time period, not just survive, but I think it means us priming ourselves with powerful emotions, still connecting to our goals. And then I'm going to say, you know, your goals are really, they can be all consuming sometimes, right? And you get frustrated if you don't reach them because sometimes our goals are out of our control. But just as a reminder that, you know, our goals are really there for what we become in the process and uh, reminding yourself of that 
I think that's how I want to end. Thank you so much. If you haven't checked it out, Beyond Grit uh, or High Performance Mindset Podcast or High Performance Summit. Perfect. <laughs> you can break them down. They're only like 12 minutes each. I did them, you know, like in between, take a break, take a walk and get inspired. Thank you so much, Dr. Kampoff. Thank you. you. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that was Dr. Sindra Kampoff, a real treat, uh, author of Beyond Grit, 10 Powerful Practices to Gain the High Performance Edge. Again, I'm Richard Listens. Plus, check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens and patreon.com slash Richard Listens to be a contributor and get advanced content to our show. You all are amazing. Thank you so much for inspiring me. Keep rocking your passion. And who knows, you could be the next guest on the Richard Listens Show. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport, Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.